What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This episode contains language and content of an explicit nature. Listener discretion is advised. Before a song is released, a record is produced, or a chorus is written, the musicians that write them think a lot. They live a lot, and they feel a lot. Before the chorus dives into the stories and experiences that shape these artists, and ultimately, the music we hear. I'm your host, Sophia Lobercaro, and this episode's guest is Will Joseph Cook. Will Joseph Cook is an artist from Kent, England. With his newer music, namely his latest album, Every Single Thing, and his recent single, MF Baseline, Will aims to be more open. These songs are an exercise in acceptance, accepting the way one feels, no matter how scary, difficult, or even awkward a feeling is. Whether he's musing about an unabashed dive into infatuation or finding peace with emotional lows, his music reminds us that vulnerability is the best way forward. We are here in my living room. Yeah, we're going to talk about every single thing, and we're also going to talk about motherfucking baseline. Hell yeah. yeah. Sounds good. I don't get to do a lot of these where I'm talking about a record and then I'm talking about like a standalone single that comes after it. So it'll be kind of cool to see like, obviously they're very different pieces of work, but you know, see how they kind of follow each other. So I think that'll make for an interesting chat. I I hope so. Or I'd like to think so. Boring if they were the same. Exactly. Change things up, move things around. Well, I kind of grouped as, as you may have heard in previous episodes sometimes i'll like group things into their themes and that's kind of what i did with this record because there are certain like standout themes that that pop up during the record so number one and it's kind of fun because this this i guess thematic section if you will a lot of them are right at the beginning of the record and those are basically just songs about infatuation Um, for sure so i listed out little miss kisses gummies and then actually goofing around as well but that one comes later we'll talk about that one Mm -hmm. later but it's just yeah they're a bunch of songs that really just revel 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 that's the word that's it right yeah in that feeling which is kind of nice like some of the more vibrant songs on the record yeah they're they're quite unabashed and yeah just how they uh celebrating essentially you know like for lack of a better term like a honeymoon phase or i guess like in quite an earnest way celebrating a pure feeling of yeah infatuation with another person or falling for someone absolutely yeah and i mean your writing is often somewhat tongue-in-cheek and i think that goes across all of your writing but i think that's especially true for these songs and it makes sense because i feel like that's kind of the time to be the most playful because it is such a vibrant emotion it is such a kind of playful feeling you know well, it was, it was one of the missions, really, of of what I was trying to get at with the writing on every single thing was that I felt like every bit of love pop writing, like contemporary songs about love, had to have this kind of... It had to have another element 
to it or it had to kind of somewhat undermine it or it seemed as like maybe not the coolest thing to be like committal with your feelings I feel like there's a lot of like relationship anxiety because that's a very, very big like relatable feeling in a lot of love songs now and I kind of wanted to do something that felt kind of defiantly against that I think because yeah like in my personal life as well that's how I wanted to like go into that relationship I didn't want to go into it with like a bunch of fears and like um yeah just like worry about vulnerability and stuff it's kind of like throwing myself in full force and trying to see what a modern version of an earnest love song that like I don't know I was listening to like Chet Baker and like those kind of old school jazz love songs and they're just like so romantic and pure in their delivery and I wanted to do like the modern version of that basically and I like that because I think it is so easy for those emotions to feel scary and to you know we're human beings we've people get hurt people go through things and to be able to let that go and just focus on the joy of it and also like it's an awkward and sometimes even embarrassing thing to feel totally and and i think like humor and like uh approaching it with like a very kind of open like fun way is a way of managing that because it is scary it's like it can be it can be awful when relationships go wrong and like that feeling of uh vulnerability leading to like a weakness or something happening you know that's some terrible feelings or whatever um so yeah no definitely i think i think uh i kind of approached it how i actually do in my real life which is like i want like relationships and getting to know someone on a deep level should be a fun experience and like a joyful one yeah i like i think it's the medicine for it Absolutely. And I like that you said that because I also wrote that there's kind of an innocence to these songs in that, like, again, I said they're playful. The imagery is very playful. Even like on Little Miss, this idea of like household items almost like having their own personalities. Yeah. It it feels youthful. And I think that sometimes it kind of feels like your inner child coming out when, 100%. when you're going through this. Yeah. I think just, you know, without getting... um too into like the details of like a personal relationship yeah and and this is not a place where you ever have to do that totally but i mean i'm i'm fine sharing this element of it it's just like how things are and were in that relationship it's just like we get on great and we have the same sense of humor and i think always for me connecting with someone's uh sense of humor is like the most attractive thing like if if my partner if I can't have like a goofy ass time with someone, then I'm not gonna find them hot. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, like the key, that's the key to me. So that's um, that's fair. Yeah, boring sense of humors are not it, and that's a perfect segue because the next one I wanted to talk about was goofing around, and because it also kind of lives in that like again infatuation honeymoon phase, like area. But I feel like it kind of stands out from the other three because there's a calmness to it. Like it, even like the tempo of it is like in a three four. It's more down tempo as well. I'd I'd say it's more sobered than the other ones as well. Like the other ones are like in the moment, and then goofing around is kind of acknowledging like, well, just like your the, your feelings that you're experiencing and how like wonderful it is. Um, but then also the I think the kind of the insecurity or the realism like creeps into the lyrics on that where it's like 
is this too good to be true is one of the lines in it and it's like um yeah i think the lyric is now i've tasted honeymoon is it too good to be true um and it's basically just that fear of maybe finding someone that is right for you and then being like okay maybe this is like for the long term then like maybe maybe this is like the real deal kind of thing and it's and and it's acknowledging that whereas the others are just kind of like right now is great (laughs) yeah it's the bigger picture yeah i like i like the way you put that and it's nice having that kind of you know similar theme but slightly different angle too because i mean like with anything love is multifaceted and even infatuation itself is multifaceted yeah well i think yeah this um this album is like an is definitely an exploration of that not that i haven't uh you know it's not exactly groundbreaking for me or in the world to write (laughs) love songs or whatever but i really wanted to like uh so there was a track of my of the preceding album called be around me that was actually chronologically how it had worked out be around me was basically the first song of every single thing in in how it worked out writing time but it's just like i had something to release in 2020 so be around me just kind of went with this group of older songs and then i felt like i was just unpacking this like journey of uh like reevaluating my own uh relationship with like romance and and love and yeah it i i feel like it covers a lot of ground because like there's a track bop on there that I would say is fairly unique in that I in on that album in that I wrote it from my younger self perspective. Like I, it was kind of meant to focus on like juvenile, like almost bravado of like fancying someone. So like there's there's not many feelings involved. It's like straight up just like trying to be cool and like liking someone. So and but then it goes from that to like finishing our song, like guaranteed, which is like a lot more morbid and yeah uh, about kind of like a more adult perspective on it yeah well again it's covering the range and funny enough be around me and bop were the two next songs i was going to talk about because there's a few songs on this record and i even within this split them in two but they're the kind of songs where it's like the cat's got your tongue it's like i want to say something Mm -hmm. but i don't know how to say it and even though bop and be around me are different there's still again that sense of like i gotta say the thing i don't know yeah. if i'm gonna say the thing yeah i think it i mean it's a that's an exhilarating time and it's like full of such a mix of emotions i mean like be around me i feel like perfectly captures the it's essentially a song about those like awkward first pillow talks and i say awkward that makes it sound like negative but more just like you're like treading lightly for yourself and also for the other person it's like a very it's it's like a little dance of like how how much are we opening up about ourselves and our feelings and then the kind of electricity of when i mean yeah there was a bit of that song be around me that went viral and i feel like it sums up the vibe of the song the most where it's like the oh my god did you call me baby thing and it's the word baby slips out in the lyrics of the bridge and the rest of the tune is is playing it way more cool and then it slips in like a a more committed like like cute name into into the bridge and it kind of i like the fact that it happened and then i realized i'm like oh i've kind of ruined the theme of the song there by using that word so i then decided to in the little breakdown address that in the lyrics i'd be like oh i've accidentally like 
let my own feelings slip in the song. So it gets a bit like fourth wall at that point. I love that though. Yeah. And that's kind of usually how it goes is something like just kind of slips through. And then yeah, so if you trust it. You're somewhere and then someone accidentally says, oh, this is my book. Um, this is my friend, <laughs> Will. Yeah. And then, and then you're like, oh, so we're doing that. And then you'd hope that it gets received well. And then it's like a, a cute moment. Love it. Also, separately, because I know we're, we talk mostly about like the themes in the song, but with Bop, sonically i felt like it clocked a couple nods to like vampire weekend and like the way that they do things which i really enjoyed i mean i'm like that was like one of my like formative bands so oh same no yeah. they were like my probably a, a probably definitive like formative band in that it was i mean i've i've, I've shared this as my origin story with like <laughs> listening to indie before but it was like on an msn chat with a friend and I remember like opening Windows like media player <laughs> and they'd sent me Oxford comma on on MSN chat and I was like 11 years old listening to it being like I really love this and also it's not something that my brother and my dad know about so it's mine <laughs> like and I remember feeling this like I had the same thing with uh, an artist called Darwin Dees and with MGMT like those when they were still like on those first records or like first EPs and then they obviously went on to become like massive names in indie but uh yeah I love those bands yeah I'll take the Vampire Weekend reference that, I mean it's I mean the, it was also Phoenix was definitely a strong reference on that as well it makes sense I think where I clocked it was like there's some like really cool like vocal inflections and like even just like the like bop 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 like yeah. it's making me think of like A-Punk and yeah those for sure moments. I mean I wanted it to feel like I mean a-Punk would have been the song that was playing at the party that Bob mm -hmm. is talking about, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted it to sound like the stuff I was bumping when I was 16, you know. So, yeah, it's definitely an intentional, like, nod to, like, the era of indie that would be on at house parties then. I love that. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to go back to the album. Um, so I kind of call this, like, I always title my sections because this is how I take my notes. But, like, the songs we just talked about, uh, so, like, Birami and Bop, I called them Things We Wish We'd Said Part 1. Now it's Things We Wish We'd Said Part 2. And this is kind of rather, whereas those songs were more, like, either at the beginning of a relationship or, again, infatuation before you end up with someone, mm -hmm. if you even do, these two songs are the kind of things left unsaid after things end. So that's yeah. the feels in 4 a.m. Yeah. You know, the things you wish you could say. Yeah. To kind of tie things up. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I think um, The Feels is probably one of the songs in my whole discography that I'm like most proud of lyrically. Because I think it, I mean, it, some, someone could definitely criticize it in that it's too wordy. <laughs> because it's, it's really like knitting together a story from, from start to end. But, yeah, that that was a really interesting song for me to write because it was um, exploring the idea, like you said, of closure and like the things that you would like to say. But most of most of the album is like hyperbiographical, whereas this one I had to borrow from pop culture to like complete the story because it wasn't something that I'd experienced personally. And there's this film called Blue Jay, which is a great like low budget indie movie. I think it was one of the early Netflix originals, which makes it sound bad. 
but uh <laughs> i implore people to check it out it's what it's like maybe my favorite film and it's all pretty much just like between these two actors and the main actor in it is also the writer so it has a very like organic feel but it's a they're meeting up much later in life like I think they were like between 18 and 21 together and then they're in their like late 30s maybe early 40s in this film they convene back in their hometown by like a complete random chance uh just in California somewhere random and then they have these kind of like two days where they're kind of it's kind of awkward that they see each other at first and then they unpack this thing without giving too many spoilers there's you know there's there's things unsaid that get said and it was kind of yeah it was half based on that and then half based on my experience so because I watched that film and I see that as like it's like bittersweet but I, th- I think closure is so important and so many people go without it for like super valid reasons and like most people will will never get it on 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 things and you have to kind of accept that but um yeah the feels is kind of like an experience of closure i wish i had but like i've observed in other things and that i think would be nice to do if it's possible yeah i mean i might be projecting here but i know that like when things have ended with people in my life like I totally imagine the way the conversation would go if I ran into them again and could get that closure because it's a hard thing to move on from something when you don't have complete closure. So I understand like wanting to build a story around like what if yeah. I got to have this closure, you know? Yeah, but I think it, I think the realist in me knows that it is that like they're essentially like fantasies because I think uh, and they can be quite like maybe dangerous is an overstatement but like they, they they can be quite risky i think to have an idea of like how someone would receive that that conversation whereas likelihood is if people don't change too much and if it didn't end that great then maybe it's worth you like never speaking to them yeah just, just like just like moving on and, and and that being fine um but that's a lot less romantic <laughs> and or like that's that's not really a fun fancy. That's just reality. So yeah, the bitter pill of reality. Yeah. So so I would say yeah. Like I said, that that song was kind of me writing essentially that movie in through a more personal lens. Um, I like that. Yeah. I wonder is four a.m. almost? I guess the phone call that's referenced in the feels because it almost it feels like a sequel. At least the way it's placed in the album. Sure. Yeah, I I I I totally see that thread between them. At, at the time that I wrote it, it was it was about like an uh I was away making the album and I hadn't finished the lyrics for this. So I just knew that I had this like big like and and, and the the chorus is left instrumental and that's <laughs> I don't want to say largely because I didn't have it finished, but it ended up being a very intentional space that was left. But I wrote the lyrics during the recording process in Mexico City. Um, and it was like wrestling with like a time difference and then trying to, I mean, lots of musicians and people that have jobs that travel and stuff. It can, it is just, a, it's impossible to convey feelings properly without physically being with someone, I think. It's like very hard. That's why you, no one wants to be broken up by text or by phone is because it feels like not even a half measure it's like a fraction of the feelings are communicated 
and sometimes it's hard to like reassure someone of your feelings over the phone and it's kind of just like speaking on that of being like there's all this emotion and and maybe like anxieties about not being able to communicate it probably that's like bubbling up within you and it's just like I don't fully know how to say it but like here I am I'm calling you and I wish that (laughs) I was with you kind of thing so it's meant to be like this kind of deeply um overly overly poetic song to like reassure someone of feelings because it's hard to communicate them via a phone so here's the song and maybe that's maybe that's better you know. doing the best you can with what you have in that moment yeah because i mean the lyrics are, are kind of funny in it like if i was a bug you'd understand it's you i dressed to hold me in your hands like that's such a weird weird statement but like that would be a big it, it's it's kind of i'm being the like if i was a worm would you still love me girlfriend <laughs> in, in that lyric like if i was a bug would you like devote a lot of time to like keeping me safe and like <laughs> away from harm Make sure I don't get stepped on. Exactly. That would, but it would be a bigger responsibility, I imagine. Yeah, a significant other made into a bug. Damn, you better, like, be committed then. <laughs> but, uh, it's like, do you still love me even though I look like this now? Yeah, with my six legs and my exoskeleton. There you go. It's <laughs> the real test. Beauty and the Beast 2023 style. Um. Well, moving on from that, I think... You know, with now knowing what 4AM is actually about, it leads well into the next section, which is the songs about long distance relationships. Um, Today It's Raining is definitely one. And then there's one that I wasn't sure of. Um, I felt like we met on the internet might be in that section, but I wasn't sure. So Yeah, we we met on the internet, I would say, is more in the like infatuation grouping of it. But it's kind of like, I mean, chronologically... That was like the first song out of all of the songs that got written. So it was like me in my single life, right? Like having just met someone who I think is really cool and that things are kind of slotting into place. I think it's like, it's it's essentially celebrating, um, you know, like it's people often don't want to say that they met their partner on like a dating app or online or something like that it's it's seen as lesser which i think is silly because it's like how so many people meet and it's what happens after you meet that it decides whether your relationship has any depth or like legitimacy not that you should get too bogged down in that anyway but um yeah i wanted to write something that was that kind of celebrated that in like a sincere way um but i mean the song starts not from a romantic place it's more like a place of like i think i just started to like heal on a personal level from like a previous relationship and from also just like a a generally rough year in 2019 of like struggling a lot with depression and it was like the opening line is I looked to my arms and my legs and my head and my chest and I said that I'm okay and like I think that it's cool that then that is the first song of this slew of love songs because I think it is there's an acceptance in that and that like okay I think I'm ready to like meet someone and like open up again um and it's literally the song is quite it's not really a pop structure it's just like a section a section b and section a is like 
dealing with my own like mental health and uh wherewithal and then the second is like okay now i'm a little bit like healthier maybe i can finish this journey of self-acceptance with someone else involved you know i like that i like that kind of moment of acceptance and i think that's a theme that carries across a few moments on this record i mean you know we talked about with the infatuation phase of allowing yourself to accept those feelings and be a part of them later when we talk more about like motherfucking baseline there's an acceptance in that song of you know sure. like where you're at when you're not in a great place mm. um i think the songs we're going to talk about shortly as well and the reason i'm st i'm saying not quite yet because i really want to talk about today it's raining first but yeah let's, you know let's like jump into it yeah there's anyway we're going to get to some more of these feelings of acceptance or at least trying to find it but today it's raining is that one is a long distance relationship song right like this kind of idea of someone being far away it is definitely the latter half of the statement but it is is more like specific than that and the the story behind it was it was during um lockdown and in the uk the lockdowns were like i can't really speak on the rest of the world but like they were very strict mm -hmm. as in there was a lot of um quite like dehumanizing like feelings around not being able to reach people like it's one thing to not be able to see people on a casual level but it was like i think where it became most pronounced was during times of crisis where in usually any other period of time you would be like i don't care what's going on right now this is an emergency like i need to be somewhere else um like you couldn't go to a funeral of your like grandfather or something, something. yep i you know, speak on that one yeah that as, that was as, the case here as can i yeah and um it was yeah my girlfriend was just randomly very fell very ill and like we we didn't know what was up um she ended up taking herself to the hospital but you weren't allowed to enter a hospital if you weren't in need of some kind of treatment and even even then she was like a, th a three hour journey away um and it was it was a pretty scary moment in that like she didn't have any of her stuff with her so she didn't have a phone charger and she was like losing uh consciousness and had an insanely high temperature and just things where you're just like with uh it, it was kind of felt like a blood infection or something like that um which can be fatal like the not to mess around with and can happen randomly but essentially uh yeah she was like anemic that was the thing so like she had like really low iron levels which is because she was vegan i think so she worked she, she was diagnosed as a tired vegan at the end of it but it's a serious problem you know if you're not covering all your food groups <laughs> um but uh yeah it was she was recovering in the hospital there's a reference in verse two to like the train's delaying to the hospital because I did eventually manage to go and meet her but she had to like take herself out of the hospital and it was a little bit of a sneaky visit type thing but um yeah it was about like being away from her when she was recovering in the hospital and it was just like it was raining that day and I was like sat at home and I was like writing the song and then sent it to her to like make her feel better kind of thing which didn't really work it just made her cry but <laughs> I mean, there's there's good in that too. Even if it's you, you're crying, it's it's it, you feel loved, or at yeah. least I'm sure she did. I think yeah. I think that is. I mean, that is a thread between all of these songs in that 
some artists feel less comfortable than others with doing this but like music has such a utility in my own life for expressing feelings um and i kind of made a switch a few years ago that i just wanted to uh share it kind of unfiltered experiences um and just like open up my personal life at least in some format to like the greater good of making great art or like sincere art and that's yeah it's funny how all of these songs most of them started out as like demos and things that I would send to like a friend or a girlfriend or a family member that I had something to convey to uh and then I'm just like well that's the real stuff so I may as well share that with everyone else and yeah, yeah. today it's raining it's just another iteration of that it was like a kind of crazy experience um where I just wanted to send something comforting yeah well you know I'm a big proponent of this in general but particularly in regards to the conversations I have on this podcast like you know whatever ratio of what you share publicly versus what you keep privately is totally fine you know like I I never want to encroach on one just for the benefit of content but when people are willing to have an open conversation in any capacity, even if it's talking more on a high level about like the themes of life or talking more in depth, like I just appreciate like what we can gain from just through hearing the art and through talking about the music as well. Like just just the human experience that yeah. we have and being able to relate to it. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a delicate line for sure to tread because I also I I kind of firmly don't I. Don't, there's, I'm sure there's some great music that's come out of it. I mean, we were listening to Red Olivia Rodriguez on the... Uh, Driver's License, the big yeah, one? Yeah, well, just that whole album. Yeah. It's like a very kind of teenage, um, very fraught, very like, you know, just like, like ribcage ripped open, like, here's how I'm feeling, these are all my feelings, and like, fuck you, and it's it's very raw, and it's interesting how yeah for me usually I, I i have a difficult relationship with songs like that where they feel weaponized towards another person and it and it becomes less about like but i, I feel like she's done it well and that she's speaking more and just like it's, it's difficult to know when you're speaking on your own personal experience and that belongs to you and that's valid and you should be allowed to share it and then how much of like almost doxing another person you do in a song. And I think it's interesting as well how, like, um, gender plays into that as well because I feel like that was a big thing that, like, lots of toxic, like, pop-punk bands and, uh, like, dude bands would do in the 2000s where they'd be like, oh, this girl, she's such a, she's such a bitch, like, she broke up with me and, like, they would kind of go heavy after someone on a song. And everyone's kind of agreed that that's not <laughs> not a vibe anymore. So yeah, it's, that's uh, good. <laughs> that's for the best. Yeah, for sure. But but you know what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. does that mean what if that what if they were a horrible person and they had a terrible experience with it? It's interesting how like some forms of sharing like a raw, unprocessed thing is like um, okay to do, and some is it just doesn't land right. And that's not me necessarily sharing a personal opinion on the matter. I'm more just saying, like, isn't it weird how it's, like, unwritten what 
where like where things fall on that on that spectrum i mean there's so many gray areas and it depends on the person it depends on the situation or exactly. the other person like that even just like the delivery and the of, of how the person sings the words can can change the tone of it like it that's what i'm saying it's such like a delicate thing of being self-aware and grounded with your writing um and and just being someone that is like big being vicious or like being uh thoughtless with it yeah i i really enjoy like for example breakup records where there's kind of a sense of like one like i hold the parts of the blame that are mine and i show the parts of blame that are yours but it's not coming from a vicious place of like fuck you like you you know you broke me and this is all your fault it's like i fucked up too and Mm. Now I just have to process what is what remains uh, now that it's all over. So I always appreciate that because it's it's in that it's more allowing people to be the complex beings that they are yeah. rather than I'm perfect. I didn't do anything wrong and you ruined my life. Yeah. Well, I think that's it's almost a direct direct like a uh, comparison to or uh, shared experience of just like processing. A, a, a breakup for example or like a bad thing that happened uh without music involved like true healing comes of accepting your own shortcomings of it and most of the time you're actually just raging at yourself rather than the other person even if you're wronged because then you'd be like man why did i why didn't i do something like you're, you're just like embarrassed and like hurt and you need you need a scapegoat and Maybe that's the person that you think wronged you, um, whereas actually you're just kind of mad at yourself for being like even dating that person or being friends with that person or mm-hmm. wasting time, you know? <laughs> yup. Yeah. And on the- you can relate. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Right. All of us. Um, well, staying in these kind of, I guess, very like profound and pensive waters, the last couple songs I wanted to talk about on this record were Easy Undone and Guaranteed. Now they're they're two very different songs, but they're both kind of pondering these bigger questions. Easy Undone sort of has that like calm, accepting feeling to it. It's almost like talking to not necessarily talking to your younger self. Like obviously you can speak on this better than I can because it's your song, but I like this idea, especially considering that it comes after so many songs about infatuation, of being like, you know, like especially when you're young, like you fall in love quickly and you can or fall into infatuation quickly and you could fall out of infatuation yeah. that's okay you know yeah there's like a fa- relatively fast recovery rate mm-hmm. compared to <laughs> compared to if you have a family or you know you're you're at a later stage in life where love i presume becomes more complicated and layered you know so it becomes less about even less about the self and like more about devotion to people around you um but yeah no is it you're you're definitely spot on with that it's kind of like written to myself um i guess a younger version of myself but the the turnaround was fairly fairly quick um but yeah easy and then was kind of yeah comforting letter of like reassurance to myself trying to take like the positive lessons and the positive outlook like the silver lining the optimist whatever you want to call it, and um, affirming those to myself and whoever's listening 
by making it into a song. <laughs> it had also kind of like this. Um, I mean, I had I had the like melody and the groove for so long, and I was like, this sounds kind of like a Bill Withers, or like it's in that kind of that that genre of um, kind of like soulful uh, tunes. And those songs often have like they have advice is like a big theme within those within like a Bill Withers yeah. discography or like advice or cautionary tales or like yes. to sp- speaking as like this kind of like figure of wisdom or something, which I kind of found like, you know, I'm not claiming to be that, but <laughs> I thought that was like a fun hat to put on for a second to be like, oh, this is another perspective on, on love, which is like, I think when you go through something like a, a, a breakup, like however it manifests, like one of the big positives that you can pull from it is like you just gain some like life experience you know what I mean so so now you're actually like a a more useful version of yourself in that if you have a friend or someone you care about um or even just a stranger or whatever that's going through something you might be, be able to offer some like genuine advice rather than like regurgitative like stuff you've heard yeah um You'd be like, oh, I'm planning more fish in the sea or some something like that, you know, something completely redundant. So I see it. A, a friend of mine, the producer who, who did this album with it, he was like, you know, when, when stuff goes wrong and you survive, survive it and come through it, it's kind of a superpower. You know, like if you go through grief and you come out the other side or you go through failure or you go through a breakup, whatever it is, and you survive that, it's like, damn you're like ironclad now like you have so much more to offer and i respect people that go through stuff so much more than the people that haven't not that not that i think that you know that they're lesser or something if you haven't but it's like you know when you're speaking to someone who's had like a rough life and like has turned it around and they're often the nicest most grounded people so yeah i just i i have so much yeah kind of respect and uh, appreciation for negative events when they happen now and I, and I can like process them properly. That's good. That's that's good, healthy things to to know. Um, yeah, and it's not easy. Like I don't want to make it sound like this is something that's like... No, it's not. <laughs> that, ...that anyone is sailing through, but that's, that's why it's worthy of respect and like something to be proud of, you know? Yeah, and I mean, you were open about the fact that like you've lived through depression, so have I, and... There's actually, there's a line on this song that I really liked, which was very much in line with what you just said, which is, we drop our convalescence, they are blessings, not receipts. And I think, as you put it, like, when you live through something difficult, whether it be, you know, a difficult life event, such as a breakup or a loss, or mental health, or whatever, when you kind of lean in and allow yourself to learn from the experiences, you often come out of them, like you said, so much more so much stronger so much more empathetic definitely there's just certain things it's it's, it's yeah. a turning it's like it's a crossroads it's like the meme you know and where it's like the like heaven and hell which party you gonna take have you seen that meme Do you know i'm sure i've seen a version of it before <laughs> yeah but it you know it's like it's like the quintessential like crossroads i think people either rise above and and they they learn something and they they use it as fuel they you know take whatever you know positive lesson or or it becomes like a victim complex or it becomes like a, a jaded with the world or it like sends you away from people and it makes you like a darker person and i think 
definitely I've always been really scared of being that <laughs> negative person. So I think, uh, yeah, tr oh, you should always try and stray. <laughs> you should always try and be good. <laughs> Don't be a dick. Don't be bad. Be good. <laughs> God damn. I'm just over explaining the simplest lessons in life. But you need them reiterated, honestly. Hey, we always have to. The shadow is waiting to grab you all the time. Yeah, I think I have to remind myself that a million times a day. We're human. It's normal. Yeah. Um, on that, still on that kind of existential note, we're going to talk about the last song, which is Guaranteed. This one is a bit more questioning, but again, mm. that can also be part of the process too. Like, even though, like you know, you've talked about, you know, learning a lot of these lessons and like either working towards acceptance or finding it and just kind of allowing yourself to feel and live through these experiences. Yeah. It's also, again, still normal to have moments yeah. where you ask yourself, like, not just is it worth it or, like, how do I sit with this? Like, love is painful for you. Yeah, example. well, I think, I think a big part of, like, being a young person and going through lots of, like, firsts or, like, you know, first experiences or things not working out exactly the way you should, I think part of the thing that gets a lot of young people depressed is like and I lump myself in with this this is not like having a dig at like young people or whatever but it's like a feeling that you you don't deserve bad things when they happen to you like no one does like you don't deserve these things um whereas I think I think there can be a like a naivety that you deserve the best and everything's going to work out and then the the first line of guaranteed is basically the like realization that stuff doesn't always work out it'd be like nothing in life is guaranteed but change and death yep. <laughs> which is so dark but then when you kind of when you take that like morbid statement and like actually accept it then everything makes a lot more sense and you're not like wrestling with anything as much anymore you're like oh Okay, so things will change. So things I've I'm experiencing the change right now, whatever the negative experience is. Um and ultimately it's just one big experience that will come to an end one day. So I just need to find out how to get to the next good thing and and, and, and again focus on like the joy the the earlier bit of the record is is honing in on. Yeah, and I think part of that is also sitting with the heavier stuff when it does arrive and finding some kind of peace with it, which now as we exit this album and talk about where you're at now with the latest single, which is motherfucking baseline, mm. you know, it is allowing you to sit with the stuff that's not as comfortable. It's like, yeah, no, I mean, it was a big tonal shift and in, in terms of how I went about writing it as well. Yeah. But yeah, finish what you're going to say. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That's um, fine. It's like even like, you know, it's a heavier song and it's more, pensive but it's also got a little bit of that again tongue-in-cheek character mm. to it as well which is for sure where i wonder if and again this is where i defer to you of course but it's not to say that there's like a complete piece with it but there's something kind of alleviating about taking something as heavy as depression and being able to be a little bit playful with it in the lyrics 100 percent, yeah no you've nailed it with that um because i have always so earlier I was saying like types of songwriting that I like struggle to relate to and then also like do myself, which is the like, I was talking about like weaponized songs or expressing like, I'd lump that into a larger umbrella of like expressing negativity in its raw unprocessed form. And it's kind of like ugliness, you know what I mean? Because 
for for the longest time I've wanted to just write songs like Easy Undone where it's like things are I'm like on the other side of something and then I feel like I have something to offer rather than just being like so the things that would stop me writing a song like MFA sign in the past would be like invalidating my own feelings you know like being aware that like my life's not that bad and that other people are going through worse things um thinking that no one wants to hear it like no one wants a Debbie Downer around um those kind of feelings but then you know if you I, I remember when I was doing some like therapy sessions it was like well how like I had to ask myself like how how do I process if it's if if it's not through my main means of expression music like where where are things like anger and frustration and sadness going they're not going anywhere they're just like with me the whole time and I think um that was just getting me down it was just like you know I didn't have an outlet that felt healthy or so any kind of way to get it out I don't think talking was really doing it for me because I'm a musician so I have to have to put it in a song that's what we do um but yeah I wanted to write from that unfiltered ugly perspective of like like on the chorus it's like I've been lower than a motherfucking bass line like you think you've got demons you should face mine so it's like fully leaning into like I'm having the worst experience right now which is when you're depressed that's what the depression has to tell you otherwise it doesn't have any meat like it doesn't have any fuel to the fire like it ha you have to believe you have to go catatonic you know to get there you have to believe that like your life fucking sucks and nothing hits the same anymore otherwise depression's got no got nothing to feed on like it's got it's, no it's, ammo exactly so i wanted to by writing from that perspective obviously it's me that is singing and i and i wrote these words but i almost see it as like little devil on the shoulder type thing as in like i'm giving the depression the mic i'm like go on then like what do you have to say tell me tell me how like nothing feels good anymore tell me how uh you tried so hard and you failed and tell me how like no one gives a shit <laughs> and then i take the mic back at the end <laughs> of the song that's what it felt like um with the final line it's like the final like n new lyric and it is I, I don't wish i was dying but i wish i was lying kind of thing like i wish i really wish this wasn't how i feel so that's like the only bit of self-awareness really in the end it's like just at the in those closing lyrics but i think having the opportunity to give the depression a voice i could kind of see it for what it was and it's definitely been like honestly such a healing process to play that song live even and just have some people like absolutely <laughs> those <laughs> lyrics back at me nothing low with that motherfucking bit because like there's something cathartic about like cussing a bunch you know what i mean like like it, the phonetics hit and it's the melodrama that you feel like you're not allowed to have and again depression will make you close up it doesn't really want you expressing yourself so that that to me feels like the antidote it's kind of like ludicrous and like you said there's a humor to it but it's like damn you know it feels good to do that yeah and then and then with the with the the reason why it's a baseline is because it's largely about like my interaction with 
with music in general. I was having like a little bit of a, as every good artist should, <laughs> like have a bit of a wobble as with like your identity. And I'd written every single thing and it felt like very concise in what it was expressing and was pigeonholed as like a very like what we've been talking about, like positive and like a uh, joyous thing. And it felt like there wasn't room for the other shit. So I think it was a kind of, I was almost falling out of, it felt like falling out of love with like writing. So that's why it was like with the music metaphor, like being beneath the baseline, you can't even hear it. It's not even music at that point. It's just the no vibration. It's like a wobbling band. Actually, and it's like a weirdly like, it's not a numb feeling, but as someone who's experienced depression, I can actually see that image very clearly. Of yeah. like, it's just this kind of like, yeah. Like, well, you know, like a wave, static. like a waveform yeah. music. If you are beneath the sub, it would just look like this slow sluice of a worm, barely moving, not audible. And I'm like, damn, if there's anything to describe depression, it would be that. That's a good like, one. That's a pretty damn good one. Yeah. And I thought, I, and no one has ever said I've been like a little baseline. Like, I've looked it up. <laughs> Innovation. So I'm, it's mine now. Every single thing and MF Baseline are available now wherever you normally get your music. This podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by myself, Sophia Lobercaro, and the artwork is by Meg Welford. <laughs>